Join Ian Garvey as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world. Reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. Welcome back to the Garlic Marketing Show. I'm Garlic here, and today we're going to talk about follow-up, about business developed for professionals, specifically for lawyers. I know a lot of you out there are attorneys or work with attorneys, and I think this is one of the biggest issues that kind of undermines law firms, and it's not addressed, and that's why I brought an expert on today, Elise Holtzman from The Lawyer's Edge. Elise, thanks for joining us. I'm excited to be here, Ian. Thanks for having me. We almost had a whole podcast episode before the podcast, and I was like, I should have been recording this. <laughs> um, Lisa's super smart, and I'm excited because she's going to also give you what she sees as one of the biggest opportunities right now as we are kind of back in pandemic mode. Uh, but before we get started, this is brought to you by VideoCaseStory.com, one of the best ways to grow, grow your law firm, get more leads, inspire your team, and improve your performance overall is your client stories. Go to VideoCaseStory.com to learn how to collect craft and deliver those with the easy button at videocastory.com. All right, Elise, before we get into the sexy topic of follow-up and business development, which I think is absolutely essential and it's probably the game changer right now for most lawyers and most professionals, let's talk a little bit about you and your background. You went to Columbia, uh, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, tell me a lot about being an attorney and what made you start The Lawyer's Edge. So as you said, I, I graduated from Columbia uh, from the law school and I practiced law in New York at two big law firms doing commercial real estate transactions, which I absolutely loved. But, you know, it was like in some ways it was like a bad movie because I was pulling the all nighters and working all weekend and working at night and all that craziness. Um, I married a lawyer who I also met in law school. Um, and so we were both doing it. And then the baby came. Um, the baby is is almost an old lady at this point. So, um, but we, you know, we were both trying to make it and it just wasn't working. It was the, the schedule wasn't working. And, you know, there were no coaches at that time. There were no women partners that were really doing what I wanted to do. Not a lot of mentors. So, you know, I did it for a while. It was a little crazy. We had two shifts of babysitters and hardly saw the baby awake. Um, and so I ultimately, I decided to leave. I think I just didn't know any better. I didn't really know what else to do because I had nobody to talk to about it. Um, ultimately, I started looking around for what I was going to be when I grew up and I found leadership and executive coaching and decided that that was, you know, that was a great combination of everything I love to do and everything that I think I'm good at. Um, and I started the lawyer's edge. I love it. And I, I think a lot of people avoid coaching and I'm like coaching. If you look at anyone that's super successful, they have coaches, if not multiple coaches. Correct. Why do you, why do you think attorneys and professionals avoid business coaches? I think that for some people, they don't really get what it is. Um, it's, it, you know, it's not somebody who's telling you what to do or bringing the hammer down. I think sometimes people hear the word accountability and they get nervous that it's going to be just another hoop they have to jump through and somebody else they have to satisfy. Um, when in fact, accountability to your own goals, right? It's not accountability to somebody else. You, you don't get in trouble um, if you if you don't do what you said you were going to do. But, you know, people will, account, coaches can help you hold your own feet to the fire. Um, I also think that a lot of people feel like it's a luxury. They don't want to invest in themselves. They feel guilty. You know, lawyers tend to be very responsible. 
And so sometimes they'll see it as a cost rather than as an investment. And they're spending money on their on their homes and their families and their businesses. And so they feel like, well, I can't afford to do that or it's not fair for me to do that. When in fact, I mean, it's easy for me to sell, right? I do this for a living, but, um, and I have my own coaches, right? Because I believe so deeply in the power of coaching. Um, I think that, you know, recognizing that it's really not a luxury. If you have goals you want to achieve, this is one of the fastest ways to help you get there. Um, and so I think those are some of the things that get in lawyers' way. Yeah, because, I mean, coaching, I, I think, has got, gets a bad rap, uh, you know, because I think there are some coaches out there that, don't know what they're doing, uh, and a lot of people. But you know, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, what are some of the big? You know, I, I know we're talking about business development and follow up, but like, what do you what do you see as the big blind spots that a coach allows you to, to find? So I'm just gonna I'm gonna answer that question, but I want to throw one thing in there. You mentioned this idea that there are some coaches who don't know what they're doing. Um, there's no question that that's true, and that's partly because coaching is not a licensed industry. Right. So lawyers and accountants and, you know, we all have to be licensed and we have we take tests or we do continuing legal education or whatever. There is no such thing for coaches. And so there is, however, um, there are a couple of trade organizations. One's the Inter International Coach Federation, ICF, of which I'm a member. It is international, has thousands, tens of thousands of coaches all over the world. And they accredit coach training programs. They have certain credentials that people can earn. There's continuing coach education. So I encourage anybody who's looking for a coach to find somebody who has been properly trained as a coach so that you know that you're getting somebody who has a certain set of values, a certain confidentiality policy, um, and has been actually trained in what coaching is. Because you know anybody can hang out a shingle and call herself a coach. It doesn't mean she knows what she's doing. So that is one of the ways that you can find um, a quality person. As far as your question about what some of the common challenges are that coaches can help people get past, one of the things I like to say is that, you know, if, if you look at any of us, we all in theory have unlimited potential to do, be, and have what it is that we want, right? And yet we know that even with all of that unlimited potential, some people get where they want to go and some people don't. What's the difference? Well, some of that is obstacles, Right. And so there are external obstacles and internal obstacles. So external obstacles, you know, we know what that looks like. Right. I want to be a judge, but I haven't gone to law school. I want to go to law school, but I don't know how I'm going to pay for it. I want to be an Olympic snow skier, but I live in Hawaii on the beach. Right. And so those are external obstacles. But the truth is that the vast majority of what gets in our way just as human beings is kind of the, the head trash or what I loosely would refer to as like the crap, you know, going on inside your own head. All of the stories that we tell ourselves about, you know, you don't deserve this or what makes you think somebody would want to listen to you or what makes you think you're the expert or, oh my God, I didn't go to business school, so I can't figure this out. And we all have that head trash, right? There we call in the coaching world, we call them gremlins. They're like the little fuzzy gremlin with the sharp teeth that's telling you, you know, it's like the bad Elise or the bad Ian inside your head telling, talking smack about you, basically, and getting in your way. And so coaches are tra trained coaches are trained to help you figure out what your own head trash is um, and to help you see it for what it is, move it out of the way and accelerate forward. I mean, I think that's it, it's very important. And I think, you know, in any profession I've seen, you know, we, we're going to talk about lawyers, but I, I see it in every profession that that head trash becomes almost like a cultural thing. 
and they they reinforce it. Do you see that as well? Like it, it, you know, and 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 it's most of the time they're listening to other attorneys who don't have the success they want, telling them what they're doing wrong. Right. So there are, it is cultural and it's culture in a lot of different ways, right? So it can be the, the home culture that you grew up in and the messages that you heard growing up. Because we're not born with this stuff, right? Like there's a coach that talks, I can't remember his name, but he talks about the idea that you're born with two fears, right? The fear of loud noises and the fear of falling. You're not born with the fear of you know, of, of creating a marketing plan. You're not born with a fear of, you know, negotiating your first settlement agreement, right? These are things that we've learned to fear over time. And so it could be from your, the home culture that you grew up in. It could be from the culture, um, you know, your ethnic, ethnic culture, your country culture, whatever your background is. Um, so just as an example, we know that um, in the American culture, you'll hear something like the squeaky wheel gets the oil, so, you know, people who are less squeaky and more introverted are made to feel like they're not as, you know, they're not go-getters. Um, and then if you go to an Asian culture, a Scandinavian culture, there's an expression that goes something like the, the nail that stands up gets hammered down. So this idea that in those cultures, it's less, it's, it's less good, for example, to be someone like me, who's like an off-the-charts extrovert, um, and it's better to kind of be quiet and blend in a little bit more. In the legal culture, and so every, I think every corporate culture or professional culture has this as well. So in the legal culture, for example, you know, we, we don't go to law school to become salespeople, mm -hmm. right? We don't go to law school because we're risk takers. And this is something that, you know, I say over and over and over again. Um, and so in our culture, it's like there's a right way and a wrong way. There's an acceptable way and a not acceptable way. And if you don't fit into those parameters, I think you're made to feel like there's something wrong with you. And that's why we see, you know, people leave the profession when they feel like they don't want to fit in to the way the profession is set up. They want to do things a little bit differently or they feel like they can't. Um, and so, yeah, I think your point is well taken that it, it is cultural in a lot of ways. And what are some, like you were saying, like we're not trained to be a salesperson, not trained in some of the stuff. What are some of those things that someone could possibly unlock right away uh, that, that are holding them back? Like some of those, some of that head trash that you you see most common in lawyers, especially. Yeah. So a couple of things. I mean, first of all, I think it's about um, understanding what what business development looks like and what it doesn't. You know, what it really is and what it isn't. So I think a lot of people, you know, we don't like the S word, which is sales. And in many ways, that's why we call it business development. I think because it's really, you know, it it is about to some extent about sales. But I think it's about getting clarity. Um, and saying, instead of saying to yourself, I'm not a salesperson, I don't like to be the bright, shiny object, I don't want to do this stuff, I just want to practice law. Um, sometimes it's about accepting reality, right? That, you know, just accepting facts, that this doesn't have to be salesy, it doesn't have to be sleazy, it doesn't turn you into somebody you're not. There is a way to do it um, in a manner that feels like it aligns with who you are as a person. Um, and, and so get some clarity about what you want. Do you want to grow your practice? Um, would you like to all other things being equal? So like as an example, one of my kids, um, you know, needed to have some wanted to have some elective surgery. And it was a question of like, I, she didn't want to talk to me about it. I couldn't get her to move off the needle. And finally, I said, like, if the surgery fairy came overnight, and you could just have this surgery done, would you do it? And she said, absolutely. Okay, so it's not that you don't want the result, it's that you don't want the surgery. So now let's talk about that. So I think for a lot of people, it's not that they don't wanna grow their practices. It's not that they don't wanna be successful in that way. 
it's not that they don't want to connect with other people. It's that they're somehow afraid that they're not going to be able to be themselves and that they're going to give up who they are in order to make it happen or that they're not going to know how to make it happen. So I would say first get some clarity around what you want. If you could do it in a way that doesn't um, turn you into the, the proverbial used car salesman and doesn't make you feel creepy and dirty and sleazy, would you do it? I think that most lawyers will say, oh, yeah, you know, I'd love that. I, I want to impact more people. I'd love to have more clients. I'd like to help grow my firm. And so get that clarity first. And then second, learn. Because there's you don't know how to do this. Most lawyers do not know how to engage in rainmaking activities. And that's not a criticism. It's simply an observation. There's no reason on earth that a lawyer would know how to do this. They don't teach it. You didn't go to law school because you wanted to be a salesperson. They don't teach it to you in law school. Then you get to your law firm. They don't teach it to you there either because they want you to learn how to be a really good lawyer. And then there you are, right? So it's it's just a question of learning how to do it in the same way that you learned how to do everything else. You didn't know how to run a case or a transaction when you came out of law school because God knows they didn't teach us that either but you learned how to do it. So this, I would say the second thing is learn how to do it. And there are ways to do that, right? Get some, understand the basic principles, understand what some of the strategies are, understand what some, you know, some behaviors are that you can engage in. Um, and, and so learn. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, before we go further with this, cause I think that's great. And I, I want to get back to that clarity part because I, I see this a lot when I talk to businesses and I talk to lawyers they're like, I just want, you know, I just want more business. And I think in reality, that is something that lack of clarity there is holding them back. Is that something you see? All the time. So sometimes somebody will call me and, you know, for coaching um, and say that, you know, an individual, right? So I work with law firms and then I work with individuals. So the individual will call me and say, hey, I just want to get, you know, I want more business. And I'll say, great, you know, tell me more about that. What is that going to get you? Like, let's say you get more business. What's that going to get you? And there's almost like this silence sometimes where it's like, well, what do you mean? That's that's the, the be all and the end all. But the thing is, it isn't right. So you can I can be very annoying and ask that question a couple of times and they can say, well, you know, if I had more business, I'd have more money. Great. What's that going to get you? I mean, I don't go on like this all day. Right. But the idea is there's something underlying this desire of yours to grow a practice. Um, and you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to grow your practice, but having a sense of what that's going to do for you. Maybe you say, Hey, I want to impact more people. I want to employ more people. I want to leave a legacy for my children, you know, uh, who are, who are coming up and want to practice law too. I want to be able to provide for my family and give them the education that I, you know, that I struggled to get. There are underlying reasons. And when you understand for you, what those reasons are, that's going to motivate you to want to take steps that are going to point you in the right direction when it comes to business development. I think that's absolutely crucial because also you can say if you want to get, get more leads, that business comes and then you're very unhappy with it, right? Well, no question about it. I mean, you know, so do you want to work longer, harder hours? I mean, that's a whole other, you know, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but maybe you say, you know, I don't want to do this. This is not right for me. I'm happy with what I have. I want to continue to bring in leads. I want to continue to convert prospects, but at a rate that allows me to live the way I want to live. You know, I want to make sure that I'm leaving the office every Friday at 2 p.m. And as long as I'm happy and I can earn a certain living and keep my family safe and healthy and happy, that's fine. Um, and so, you know, for other people, they may say, you know, I don't want to do this because I think it's going to turn into something I don't want it to be. 
um, and they have to examine that. So, you know, you, we don't have crystal balls, right? So we can't predict exactly what's going to happen. But certainly you're much more likely to get there if you're paying attention and you're asking yourself some pointed questions um, than if you just sort of take a scattershot approach and say, OK, I'm going to go out there and try to bring in business. And, you know, and what you're talking about right here is is what great coaching does, right? It's 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 uncovers that stuff that it's almost impossible to uncover yourself, isn't it? Well, it is almost impossible. And that's one of the reasons that I have my own coaches. Um, you know, I'm engaged in, I'm involved in a coaching program now uh, for entrepreneurs. And, you know, I go to accountability meetings and, and you know, group meetings. And I go to, you know, for, strat uh, for learning days a year and all of that sort of thing. Um, because I help people grow their businesses, but even in terms of growing my own business, I've had, I have to sit down and get clarity, get focused, figure out what direction I want to head in. So, you know, I think that this is good for everybody, whether you're a lawyer or not. I mean, there are life coaches. You could be doing this for your life, your business. Um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there, but realize that the, the benefit, one of the tremendous benefits of coaching is to have somebody who's an objective third party. Because when you try to go to your spouse or your significant other, or your best friend or your mom or whatever, you know, they want you to succeed, but they also have skin in the game in a sense. They have a sense of what they want you to do, whereas trained coaches will come to you without any judgment whatsoever and help you uncover, um, you know, your true, your true desires and your true motivations. Yeah. I mean, and I always say this, too. It's like, you know, Michael Jordan had multiple coaches. He was, you know, he, he had a strength coach, he had a, you know, shooting coach, obviously he had Phil Jackson, and you can't argue that he was one of the best players in the world, and he still had those coaches. And for anyone else, I mean, you, you look at that, and it's like, that's how you really get Well, success. that's the thing, right? If, if Michael Jordan has coaches, and, you know, they all these elite athletes, they, they also have, like, mindset coaches because of that head trash. I mean, imagine, you know, being a guy like Michael Jordan, the amount of pressure that you're under and we're all under pressure. So having somebody to help alleviate that pressure um, and and figure out what's getting in your way so that you can take really targeted successful action tomorrow can be really valuable. So true and you know, you inspire me. I'm like, I gotta go get more coaches. <laughs> um, so, you know, back to the rain making part of it. Now you, you find the coach, how, you know, what is that process to learn to become a great rainmaker? So, you know, as I said, first, I think it's important to get clarity. Second, I think it's important to learn some some basic principles. Um, and, you know, if anybody on, is listening to this show who has listened to me talk before, they're going to hear me say a couple of the same things because I talk about this all, t all the time. You know, understand what the essentials of business development are. Um, it's not the same as marketing. It's related to marketing, but it's about a couple of things. Uh, there's a, they're a little more personally focused. Um, and I talk about three pillars of business development, which I'll just mention quickly. So one is relationship development. So understanding how important relationship development is to bringing clients in. It's not about being all salesy and, you know, hi, Ian, this is the work I do. Um, I'd like to help you and suck the money out of your pocket, right? That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about building relationships. The second pillar is about raising your profile in the legal and business communities or whatever community you're a part of, because we don't want you to be a best kept secret. And so those might be things like speaking on a panel, you know, publishing a blog post, having a podcast, right? You and I both have podcasts. And so we're not as invisible as we would be otherwise, right? People get to know who we are. 
Um, and then the third thing is really leadership growth. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but being willing to delegate things out to other people, you know, lawyers are very good at, they're used to being the smartest person in the room. And again, not a criticism. They often are the smartest person in a room, but what that means is they can often be reluctant to delegate and let other people take things on. And so you can't, you can't engage in business development activities and grow your practice when you're still holding on to the doing, doing, doing. As you grow in your practice, your job becomes more about managing people and projects than it is about the doing, doing, doing all the time. Um, so once you have some learning and understanding under your belt of what this could look like, so let's say I'm gonna do some relationship development and I'm also gonna do some profile raising. Then it's a question of, of customizing it for yourself, right? So you and I do podcasts, that's not right for everybody. Um, some people, they don't, they don't want to go in front of a group and speak. They'd much rather write articles. Some people are willing to speak, but they'd rather speak on a panel. It's also like, what's your topic, right? You're not going to just go talk about anything. You've got to narrow down your topic so that you know who your people are, who, who are the people that you're trying to, to target and who are the people that you want to hear you. Um, so there's customizing it for you it doesn't have to look like what your you know your competitor down the street is doing it doing in fact it's better if it doesn't look that way then there's the ex execution and accountability piece that we've talked about a lot you've got to take action i don't care how much time you spend learning or customizing or thinking and sitting on your couch in the lotus position you know hoping things turn out well you've got to execute and take action um, and that's not always so easy uh, so that's where the accountability piece comes in. And as I said before, it's about having someone who will help hold you accountable to your goals. Um, it doesn't have to be a coach, by the way. You could have an accountability buddy, right? Like, so, you know, I and you and I could decide, hey, you know what? We want to help each other out. We're going to meet every week or a couple of weeks. And you're going to tell me what you've accomplished that you wanted, that you said you were going to accomplish last time and what's getting in your way. And I'm going to do the same thing. And so we're going to, we're going to walk this path together and help each other out. Um, and then the last thing I would say, and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll flip it back to you, um, is, is this this idea of devoting time to it, right? You know, people say, lawyers, I'm a, I'm a busy lawyer. You don't understand. I don't have time. Okay. So here's the thing. You, I get it, and it's understandable that you would feel that way because most lawyers are extremely busy and, as I like to say, running around with their hair on fire trying to help their clients out. But... Again, when we accept reality, we understand that each one of us has the same 24-7 that everybody else has, right? And so it's a question of how you're using your time. And unless you build time into your calendar to engage in business development activities and focus on your marketing, it's not going to happen because it's not necessarily urgent on any given day, but it's really important over time. So understanding the difference between what's urgent um, and not necessarily important to the growth of your business and understanding what's really important to the growth of your business, but on any given day is not really urgent, will spur you, I hope, to put time into your calendar so that you're doing this stuff. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to bring up because I, I think it's so easy to say you're going to do this. And then, and I see this all the time with our clients, all the time with lawyers, like, Oh yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Sign dot line. And then into the wind they are. And it's like, <laughs> so uh, can I tell you a funny story about uh, something a coach said to me? So I, I have this coach and 
we developed a really nice relationship and we kind of are, we're brutal with each other. I mean, we've actually, she's not coaching me right now. We've become friends, but we're really like in each other's face to some extent. And I once made some comment. She's like, so, you know, are you going to do such and such? Or when are you going to do such and such? I said, well, it's on my list. She's like, you know, who cares? It's on your list. Like, what does that do for you? It's on your list is meaningless. Is it in your calendar? And there's a big difference between on your list and in your calendar. And so putting something in your calendar and then treating it the same way you would treat a client appointment, right? You know, when I first started putting things in my calendar, I would see it in the calendar and I go, oh yeah, blah, blah. You know, that just says Elise on there. It doesn't, it doesn't say, you know, a client name or something like that. So I didn't respect it. So putting it in your calendar, taking it off your to-do list, putting it in your calendar makes it, and, and then respecting that time makes it a lot more likely that it's going to happen. I love that because I think, you know, the first thing is the on my list and the second part is on my calendar and then, you know, and respecting that because I think it, because it, it, it like coming back to the urgent versus important and the important is what's always going to grow your business. Always, always, always. And if you go, if you're allowing the urgent to take over, your, your business is going to stagnate, isn't it? Well, that's just it. So if I don't bring in a client today, my business is not going to fall apart tomorrow. But if I say that every day, which I can, right? Every day is a new day. So every day my clients are calling me, you know, uh, my spouse needs me, a kid needs me. I've got this other thing going on. There's a million emails in my email box. And so I never get to it. Um, and, and you do that over and over and over again. Eventually the time goes by and you haven't implemented any of the things in your business that are important to you. Exactly. And, you know, it's, it's, and then you, you're, you're wondering one day, you know, because people get busy and then they wonder one day why there's no business, right? Right. Right. I mean, and that's what happens is we, you know, I had one client say to me when he first came to me, I feel like I market in January, do the work in February, market in March, do the work in April. It was like there was no consistency, right? So then he would, he would work, 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 and then get to the end of the month, things would start ending. He would start panicking about where the next business is coming from. Right. So as with anything, if you're if you're implementing all this stuff and you're doing it consistently over time, there will be ups and downs. Sure. And you might have a couple moments where you go, oh, my God, like, is this going to be the time when everything falls apart? But the answer is going to be no. Right. Because you are doing it consistently and that that's part of it. And so making sure you're doing it consistently means it needs to go in the calendar and may mean that you, you need may mean that you need some accountability help with it. Or a coach. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what the coaching is about is, the, is partly the accountability. Yeah. And it, it's, it's partly the accountability, but it's also, it's, it, it's a shortcut. It is. It's like a you shortcut. Said, it's an investment. Right. And, and, and a good coach will also teach you along the way, right? Because a lot of coaches, um, and so listen, if you're, whether you're a lawyer, accountant, whatever it is, you can find somebody who is a great coach and they don't need to know your business necessarily. Like my coach is amazing and she I had to teach her a little bit about my business and then she got it then you can find a coach who really gets your business right so for example I specialize obviously in working with lawyers and law firms so that's a business that I already know um, so the fact is there are lots of different ways to skin this cat uh, but having somebody who can who can teach you some principles um, and teach you some things about yourself and help you unearth those things as you mentioned before um, you know that's going to be really valuable for you uh, it, it, is. it is. And I mean, you talk about being an investment and people are like, well, I don't want to spend the money 
you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars. But think about how much you, you, would you spend to have your growth a year from now be the same as your growth five years from now? You know, and, and, and shortcutting four years would that be worth a hundred thousand dollars? Probably. Um, and I don't know how much you you cost, so you know, maybe it's three hundred thousand dollars. We'll do. We'll say it's really high. It's half a million dollars to work with a lease. Exactly. One day. That's my standard fee. <laughs> um, but speaking of working with you, you know, I, I think. At this point, people either are excited or slightly overwhelmed. Let's demystify what's, how does the process work? Right. So for, so the coaches do things a little bit differently. And so I'll give you some scenarios, right? So what typically happens is that, um, first of all, you have to find a coach, right? And so how do I find a coach? One way to do it is to ask, you know, ask around, um, look online, do a really good LinkedIn search or do a really good keyword search for your kind of business and the kind of help that you're looking for. Um, another thing you can do is you can go to the website of the International Coach Federation, which is um, coachfederation.org. And, you know, they have a search function in there. But the best way is usually to, you know, go through word of mouth or, you know, hear someone speak, meet them at a conference, something like that. Um, what typically coaches do is that they will work with you um remotely so you're not you don't have to sit in a room with somebody right i have coaches all over the country in canada i've had coaches in south america um, and some other places and so that's great right because you get to pick up the phone at your desk um, and not have to feel like you have to go travel somewhere to find somebody once you find so once you find somebody that you think is going to be potentially a good fit for you they will often offer a complimentary coaching consultation and so what they do is they'll get on the phone with you. They'll ask you some questions. You can get a sense of what the feel, what it feels like to be coached, whether you connect with this person, whether you like this person. Um, and so it may be worthwhile to talk to a couple of different coaches so that you can feel that you found somebody who makes sense for you. Um, and then what typically happens is that they will have a coaching program of some kind, an individual coaching program. They may have packages, you know, you can do so many times a month for so much money. Typically the way I work is that I ask people to commit to a three month coaching engagement with me at a minimum because the, the sorts of things that my clients are working on are not the kinds of things that are gonna be resolved in one or two calls. So what that looks like is I'm your coach for three months and we will talk typically twice a month for about 45 minutes. And we'll start figuring out, you know, what are your challenges? Um, what are the goals that you're looking to achieve? What's getting in your way? Um, what have you done so far? What's working for you? What's not working for you? And start to put together a plan. And then you have, and this is a lot of coaches do it this way. You have access to me in between by email. I might look over your professional biography, maybe your LinkedIn profile. Maybe you want to send a letter to a networking contact and you're not sure how to do it. So your coach is there to help you answer those questions. Um, and, you know, coaches may offer other things. Sometimes they offer training. Sometimes they offer some online stuff or a newsletter or something like that. So all coaches are different. Uh, but for me, it really is about connecting with people one-on-one -on -one, a couple of times a month so that it's two or three weeks apart so that they can take action in between. And that's the key. Don't delude yourself ever into thinking that showing up and talking to your coach a couple of times a month is going to get you where you want to go. That's the stuff. It's the stuff that happens in between the coaching sessions. That's where the money is, right? Because you're going to be conducting some mini experiments. You're going to try some things out and see what works and doesn't work for you. Come back and discuss it with your coach. And then on that basis, develop a plan that you get to tweak over time with somebody who's like walking that path with you and in real time, helping you evaluate what's working and what isn't. Love it. And so uh, do you, uh, uh, how do you work with you? Go lawyersedge.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yep, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, people can hang out with me there. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. You can also visit us at thelawyersedge.com. Um, and another thing is if you're interested um, and you just want to have a, a free inside track to what other people in the legal industry are saying, um, you can also uh, subscribe to, to our podcast, which is also called The Lawyer's Edge. Easy enough to remember. Great name. Um, and so uh, we'll make sure to put a link to the show, note, the show notes. I mean, I think coaching, if you've never had a coach before, if you're growing business, if you're responsible for growing business, I think it's absolutely one of the best things you can do. Um, you know, because it'll shift your mindset. I know so many people that have gotten stuck because their mindset is off and you can get all the leads in the world. If your mindset is off, it's all, it's not going to help. Um, but so, you know, we went to talk, we talked at the beginning about the big opportunity you see right now. And I think it's, it's a, it's something that we keep hearing over and over again. I just had John Jans of, of duct tape marketing, incredible marketer out there, but you were talking about the same thing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, one of the crazy things is is the pandemic is an opportunity. And I know, you know, people have said it before, but I encourage you to think about what that means for you. The pandemic has been a complete disaster in so many ways. I mean, loss of life, loss of businesses, really terrible things have happened to people over the last couple of years. And yet, if you're in a situation where you're fortunate enough to be healthy um, and able to work, it's a tremendous opportunity to connect with people. The world is not going back to the way it was before. We know this, right? We know that law firms are going back to work and clients are going back to work and they're not necessarily going to be in their workplaces every day um, or at all. And so people are seeking connection. They're, they're really looking for continued connection and not to let it fall off. So if you've been waiting to connect with people for this whole crazy thing to be over with, I encourage you to stop doing that. And if you are a little bit unsure about how to proceed, don't worry so much about the, the strategy and what it looks like. Just connect with people, you know, invite them to go for a virtual coffee or an in-person coffee. If you can do it, invite them to a webinar that you're doing or a seminar, connect with them on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever your, your social media platform of choice is. People are desperate to connect with other human beings. Yes. 100%. And, you know, we've had a, you know, with John Jansch talked about it, but, um, you know, Jeremy Weiss, I think you know Jeremy as well. I, think, I do. Yeah, John, yeah, John and Jeremy uh, introduced us. Uh, you know, we talk, he talks about being a giver. And, like, I think that's the, the, the best way to connect is just really go out and helping someone. Don't ask them how you can help them. Help them, right? And go, hey, you know, and just be genuinely helping. And I find for me, because I hate, quote, unquote, networking, but I love to help people. And, you know, you go out and do that and it, it, it develops a real connection, doesn't it? Absolutely. I, and the best way to network with people, the best way to connect with people is simply to give. There are a lot of different ways to give. People don't ne necessarily feel like they know how to do it. It could be as simple as giving a recommendation for a babysitter or a restaurant. I mean, things that you do in your normal life, you do that all the time. You don't really think about it. Um, the same thing goes for business development. When you're networking, um, partly for the purpose of business development. I don't think, uh, I'm hoping you're not networking solely for the purpose of business development, but to connect with people as well. Um, just, you know, see how you can be valuable to them, how you can deliver value. A great way to do that is to make connections for them. And so Jeremy and John connected the two of us, uh, for which I'm grateful. And that was a way that they remain 
visible to us. They remain parts of our lives. They show us that they care about us and they want to add value for us. And I know you and I are both going to, you know, are both grateful for that. And we're going to remember them for doing that. So, you know, that's the easiest thing you can do right now. If you can't think of how to help somebody, make a connection for them that's going to be of value. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, at least I was just taking, I took tons of notes. We'll put all the notes in the, in the show notes, which makes sense. Um, <laughs> but Lise, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. This has been fantastic. This has been a lot of fun, I And thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, make sure to go check out the Lawyer's Edge. Connect with Elise on LinkedIn. If you're looking for a coach and your lawyer, I definitely would try her out, connect with her, um, see if she's available. And uh, thank you all for taking Elise and I on your journey. This has been Ian Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. What's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer? An agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 